press the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app to get daily updates from the front. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Monday, September 19. Tonight, the crescendo of decades of planning and a week of international grief. Queen Elizabeth II will finally be buried beside her husband and parents. Our reporter, Jacqueline Magnay, is the only Australian journalist who will be inside Westminster Abbey for tonight's funeral. Later in the episode, what she'll be watching out for. Damning findings against a major forensics lab responsible for processing thousands of crime scene samples. The Australians revealing Queensland's Cabinet will today consider the preliminary report of a commission of inquiry. It was sparked by the Australian's investigative podcast, Shandy's Story, and it suggests that murders and rapes have been going unsolved. In just a week, the inquiry will commence public hearings likely to be explosive. Concussion. It's the hottest topic in sport right now, and today we're bringing you the untold true story of why rugby league superstar Boyd Cordner had to retire at the age of 29 after family tragedy collided with his own alarming symptoms. That's first up. Today, the latest episode of the Australian's investigation into concussion, Head Noise, is released. James Graham, a former rugby league superstar who's examining the effects of concussion on his own brain, has interviewed former Roosters and Kangaroos captain Boyd Cordner. He was a fan favourite, and today he's opening up like never before on the harrowing toll head knocks have taken on him and his family. To the line, gets it to Cordner, Cordner scores the first try of Holden Origin for 20 His story is one that kids playing footy in the bush dream of living out. He wasn't some kid prodigy, he just worked his guts and his heart out, and in turn, he was rewarded. You couldn't hold him back as a kid. To watch him train, he'd just take on anyone. And, you know, at training, he'd just be putting his head in places you didn't want him to. (laughs) He made 181 top-grade appearances for the Roosters, played 20 tests for Australia. He was a member of two World Cup-winning squads and was named Kangaroos captain in 2018. He also captained the Roosters. I'm interviewing him to give you more of an insight on why footballers do what they do and how it feels to be someone like Boyd, who still had the football world at his feet when it all got cut short. Boyd has never really opened up in much detail about how concussion affected not only his football career, but his life. I never really knew what the big fuss was about, you yeah. know, like I, yeah. I'd get a head knock and, you know, I was feeling relatively okay the next day, felt like I could train and whatnot, didn't really have any headaches or any of the symptoms that some players do get when they suffer concussion. And it wasn't until I was at training and... I had a head knock and then all of a sudden the symptoms come on, mate, and it, and it sort of just went from there. I think the main one was the headaches. They come on and I thought, okay, I just had a head knock and you suffer headaches, but then it lasted for two days. Two days turned into three days. Five days turned into six days. This isn't normal. Like I've never experienced this before with head knocks. So it was the week after when I was still suffering symptoms and it got to captain's run. And I was like, I don't know if I should be playing this game. Like, I'm still 
got these headaches. Yeah. Like I didn't want to tell the the staff or the medical staff because, you know, you you're meant to be, you know, you you're a warrior. You know what I mean. Yeah. I didn't want to let the team down at him, you know, and then they weren't getting any better. They were probably getting worse, if anything. Boyd tells me he was smashing the Panadol. That's it. But nothing could stop these persistent and debilitating headaches. But they weren't doing anything, to be honest. And then, yeah, I got to just before that game and I was like, well, I can't go out and play if I get another head knock and I'm feeling like this. I was like, this is just silly. Boyd Cordner's about to tell James a really devastating story. Yeah, it was about six weeks, mate, and I come back and played and, you know, felt good at training. The headaches were sort of at bay. And then I had a bit of a tough week leading up to Newcastle Knights game, I think it was, and just so happened that my cousin uh, passed away during the week from a head knock. Um, He was playing footy. Um, Yeah, he suffered from an aneurysm bleeding in the brain and he couldn't pull through. And then uh, he passed away probably two days just before I was going to play. It is, though, on a sombre note that we start tonight's coverage for Boyd Cordner. A very tough night and for his family, the family of 19-year-old Joel Dark, who passed away on Friday, having been injured, making his first grade debut in Newcastle. They will be observing a moment's silence for Joel before kick-off here. Me going through what I just went through, having to turn up and play for the Roosters, that game ended up getting uh, another head knock. A fifth try of the night, perhaps. Cordner's there for the Roosters. Cordner's been hurt in the process. Oh, no, he hasn't scored that, and he's, his head's hit the ground pretty hard. And then that just sort of, like, it rocked me a bit, man. And A bit, man. I can, um, yeah. I can only imagine. So it was such an emotional week for, for the family, and, and then to go out and... You know, have that obviously in the forefront of my mind and what I've just went through as well. It was a definitely a tough time and the thing that made it worse is that I knew I wasn't okay because of these symptoms yeah. that I was having. I was in a bad way, man. He wasn't fine. Boyd had a six-month layoff and just couldn't regain his brain health to be well enough to play. Boyd retired in June 2021. You can hear Boyd Cordner's full interview with James Graham and check out our investigation by searching for Head Noise wherever you got this podcast or go to headnoisepodcast.com.au. Coming up, just one Australian journalist has secured a seat inside Westminster Abbey for the funeral of the Queen. We'll hear from her next. A troubled young woman... Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. One Australian journalist, Jacqueline Magnay of The Australian, has secured a seat inside Westminster Abbey for tonight's funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. 
For Jack, her many years of showing up at royal events, including every Christmas morning as the family goes to church at Sandringham, has paid off. Jack, you've already been very close to the action, getting inside Westminster Hall to see the Queen lying in state. Tell us about that. Yes, well, I am possibly one of the very privileged people who was able to jump the queue in that I was allowed as a a very small media delegation for half an hour to be there on the evening when Her Majesty's coffin was first placed inside this hall. And Westminster Hall is just this incredible medieval hall back to the 10th century. It's got this incredible ancient air about it. And inside, it was just quiet. People were just coming in, bowing, curtsying, just having just one second, a very quiet moment of reflection. And then they would walk out. And of course, they were also then just sobbing, wiping their tears. It was an incredibly emotional time for everybody. Is part of the public display of grief and also of togetherness and of wanting to do something together, do you think there's some some sort of post-Brexit, post-pandemic, post-Boris Johnson need for togetherness that we're seeing here? It certainly is a reflection of the tumultuous times everyone's facing in the cost of living and whether that is a result of Brexit, of Boris Johnson, of the pandemic, all of those factors have come into play, of course. So I think everybody's just feeling that the shifting sands beneath our feet, it's become a bit of a quicksand. And so everyone's kind of grasping onto each other to hold on and get through this quite difficult time. What about you, Jack? Have you felt emotional? Have you shed a tear in the past few days? Well, I have. When I saw the Queen leave Scotland on the plane and she was flying off into the sky, at that moment I thought, oh, that was quite an emotional moment for me. As a journalist, we're supposed to be very objective and just witness things and perhaps not try to have too much emotion about all this, but of course it's emotional. As the funeral unfolds tonight, Jack, you'll be there. What will you be paying attention to most closely and looking out for? Well, the body language of the royals following the processions. Uh, There will be several processions, one going into Westminster Abbey, one after the service going back along up to Wellington Arch. And then she'll be put in the hearse and then there'll be another procession up the long walk in Windsor. And at each of these occasions, there'll be the king, his brothers and sister, and then, of course, Prince Harry and Prince William. And that's what everyone's looking at. We've all known 25 years ago with the brothers walking behind the cortege of their mother and how they felt about that. And then Prince William last week just mentioned about how difficult that was on Wednesday to be able to to deal with that. He said, I thought I was prepared, but I wasn't. And now he's having to go through that three times again today. So it's really tough. And they've had such a gruelling schedule over the last 10 days since the Queen died. At every moment, they've been out speaking to the people, greeting everybody, looking at all the flowers and the tributes. And the King has been on his national tour, you know, cementing his position as the monarch in, you know, Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales. So they're exhausted too. So I think that emotions will be very raw today. 
Jacqueline Magnay is The Australian's Europe correspondent. You can read her dispatches live from Westminster Abbey and you can watch the funeral live stream on theaustralian.com.au from 8pm. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.